As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. A doula is just there as your support person during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Welcome to another episode of Mom's Calling, where it's my goal to explore the transition into motherhood, the moments, decisions, and challenges that arise as we balance our needs and our dreams with our new identities and responsibilities as moms. You just heard from my guest today, Sarah Leopold. She has a beautiful story of how she navigated this delicate and difficult transition. She went from being a university professor to a mother of virtual twins, nine months apart. As you'll hear, she had to overcome insecurity and shame after making a tough choice to step back from her high-pressure career to prioritize motherhood and ultimately pivot into a totally new calling as a doula. In this conversation, we cover a lot, infertility, adoption, identity, and the world of doulas, what they are, what they provide, and how you can find a great one for your family's needs. Sarah told me there's a ton you learn from becoming a mother, but a lot of it is how strong you are. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on today. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to get into your experience as a doula and everything that you do with that. But I want to start by getting some background on your career because you had a really interesting pivot. And I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. So I'm wondering if we can start back in your previous life and, and talk about your journey to get here. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, um, in a previous life, was a university professor. So, um, you know, I, I went to school for many, many, many years um, and worked really hard to get my PhD. And I got my first faculty position, um, moved across the country for that, worked there for about five years, um, was on track to get tenure, um, got a, a big research grant from the National Institutes of Health, and then had two babies in nine months and <laughs> hit the, you know, in the middle of the pandemic. So that kind of, you know, was a big part of why I pivoted out of that. Wow. So I want to know more about that tough decision to step away from this incredible career that is super impressive that you spent so many years working toward. Talk us through that decision because I'm sure it was not easy. 
No, it was the hardest decision of my life. And so what happened was, um, so my husband and I had gone through infertility treatments to try to conceive. Um, and then we had had a couple of pregnancy losses that were really, you know, pretty devastating and, you know, doing all of this in my pre-tenure time. So, um, you know, it was a very stressful <laughs> and exhausting time. Um, and then, we made the decision ultimately to um, pivot in our personal life to pursue adoption instead. We adopted our son and it was a, a wonderful experience. And then a few weeks after he was born, found out we were pregnant. Wow. <laughs> so we had not, um, you know, we had discontinued treatment at that point because we were working towards adoption, but it was a, it was a huge shock. And so when we knew we were going to have two babies, you know, nine months apart, um, you know, I really started kind of reevaluating what I was doing because my job was really, really high pressure. And it also meant that we had to live far away from family. Um, because when you're, you know, you take the university job wherever you can have it, we were in Utah, we're from Ohio, but at the time I hadn't really thought seriously about leaving my career. Um, but then obviously COVID happened, um, and life just changed dramatically with, <laughs> with all of that. And we realized, no, we really do need the family support. We need to be, you know, close to other resources, my younger son has some complex medical concerns and we were, we lived in a place that didn't have a lot of great um, care options for him. And so, you know, that was all a big part of, of my decision, but it was a very, very difficult thing to give up on this career that I'd worked my entire life for basically. Wow. What an incredible story you have. There's so much there that I would love to get into first though, <laughs> just the mindset shift of, you know, you, you went through all these fertility treatments and then now you have, I think you call them virtual twins, which is such a beautiful uh -huh. thing. I want to know about your mindset shift from being this career woman to mm -hmm. making a decision for your family. And so how did that happen? And how did you work through that? It was hard because when you become a mother, your identity changes so much, right? So much mm -hmm. about your life changes just from becoming a mother, but also thinking about leaving the thing that had defined me for, you know, the past decade or two um, was really overwhelming. So I think it was just a lot of pros and cons, a lot of balance, a lot of what are our priorities. COVID, I think, helped with that, to be honest, because my husband had always traveled a lot for work. He was home. I was working from home. And I think it kind of gave us the opportunity to realize we really want to prioritize our family and our children. Um, and how can we go about doing that? You know, I didn't, I knew I wanted to keep working in some form because I'm not good at not doing that. <laughs> um, you know, I've worked really hard my whole life. And so that was tough. And so we really started talking about what could I do that would allow the flexibility of taking care of our children um, and making sure that our younger son especially gets the care he needs, but at the same time, something that's fulfilling and rewarding and meaningful to me. You know, it took a long time to kind of figure out what that was, a long time meaning several months or a year, but I did eventually find that. So I, I, I feel good about that now, but it was a tough, tough transition where I felt very insecure. Um, I felt a lot of shame, to be quite honest, because a lot of people around me had been supporting me and helping me in my career. And I felt like I just abandoned them. And that was tough. But 
you know, I just realized what the most important thing was. And that's my, my children. I relate so much to that struggle. And I think it's a struggle that a lot of women go through when you are an ambitious woman pursuing a career, but you also want a family. One of the things in my mind that kind of helped, and I'm not sure if you thought about this was I thought you can have it all, but maybe not all at one time. So, you know, right now my focus is family and my children, but you know, you want to hope that later you can shift and have more of a career. But in the moment, it's very hard to see that. One thing about academia in particular is it's really hard to take a break. You know, and I, I fought so hard against being part of that statistics, but so many women fall out of academia at some point because they have children and they focus on their family and, and walking away from it, it's really, really hard to go back. And so I think that was part of what made the decision so tough was knowing if I walk away from this now, I probably can't go back. That was really hard. But I think that's why I focused really hard on figuring out, okay, but how can I shift? How can I pivot? What else can I focus on that I can do in a way that I can focus on my family right now and build it up as they get a little bit older and, you know, they go to school and I have more time and all mm -hmm. of that, those kinds of things. Okay. Well, I would love to hear now, how did you think of and, and realize that your next step was to become a doula? Yeah. So I think a lot of experiences led to it. So I mentioned that we went through infertility, we experienced pregnancy loss, which was devastating. Um, we adopted and then I gave birth in the middle of the pandemic. And it was a pretty um, traumatic experience ended up in an emergency C-section. But because of COVID, because we had another little baby at home, I was there without my husband. Um, so he was not there with me. The only person I had with me was a doula. So I think through all of those experiences, I kind of started to realize how important this work is and how many women could benefit from this type of service who maybe don't have access to it right now. And so I really started to compare and contrast my experience giving birth and although it was incredibly traumatic and my husband wasn't there, I had a support person who was there just for me, focusing on me versus thinking back to my son's birth mother. And when she was in the hospital and she had no one-on-one -on -one support, she had no doula there with her and, and how she was in a really vulnerable position because of that. And so that kind of got me interested in the work. And so I actually sought out specialized training in doula work surrounding the grief experience. So pregnancy loss and adoption and started my training and to become a birth and birth bereavement doula. That's incredible. And before we get really into that, I'm wondering if you can explain, because not everyone's familiar with the concept of a doula because some people don't have access or don't choose to have one. So if you could just kind of simply explain, you know, what is a doula and what do doulas do for, for families and mothers? You're right. A lot of people don't, don't know that doulas exist or that they have access to one necessarily. Um, and oftentimes they're not covered by insurance at all. And so, you know, that's another barrier, but basically what doulas do. So we're non-medical labor, birth, childbirth, postpartum support persons. When someone is going through pregnancy, you know, doulas often provide childbirth education, um, allow the mother to think through a birth plan, develop a birth plan and think, you know, okay, what are options going to be while I'm in labor? How can I think through those? What do I want my ultimate birth birthing experience to look like? And if it doesn't go that way, 
how can I adapt to those things? And then in labor and in birth, the doula is there for both physical and emotional support, right? So we may, you know, do things like massage or counter pressure or, you know, help you um, on a birthing ball and in different types of techniques to, um, to kind of help someone through the physical side of labor. Um, but then also the emotional support of, okay, things aren't going the way that you necessarily plan for them to go. We need to pivot now to something else. Things like interventions, which interventions do you want to consider? Um, all of those types of things a doula can really help you through. And then in the postpartum period, helping to support things like breastfeeding or taking care of the mother. Is she physically recovering um, you know, as well as she could? Is she sleeping? Um, supporting mother and baby through, through the postpartum period as well. And so in general, a doula is just there as your support person during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Yeah. It's so, it's so beneficial because there's so much that goes into having a baby that especially as a first time mother, you don't realize how huge all of those things you just mentioned are going to be, and you really cannot prepare for it. So I think it's just so incredible um, what you offer. And, and you mentioned a couple of times that now you went through all the fertility treatments and now you're helping other mothers through that. So I'm wondering if you can talk about your specialty in this, because you know, there's an added layer of emotion that goes into it. So I'm wondering how you, your approach to that. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the, the fertility experience or the infertility experience, it's a really emotionally, but also physically trying thing to go through. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that things like IVF, can actually be very painful. Um, they can be very hard on the body. My role as a doula is really to help walk, um, you know, partners through this process or women through the process to be able to provide, you know, some emotional support, but also educational support. So oftentimes when you go into an appointment with, with your OB or doctor, whoever you're working with for fertility treatments, they'll give you the gist of what's happening, but they don't really give you the time to process that and think about, think through all of the different decisions. And so my role as a doula is to help people think through those decisions in the best, most empowered way possible um, and be able to, you know, make educated, informed thoughts throughout the entire process. And then also just emotional support as they're going through it. It's really hard on relationships. It can be really hard on if you have other children in the home, really tough on your career because there's so many appointments and things that you have to um, have to miss work for. And so as a doula, you know, I help kind of support um, people through that process as well. Yeah. And it's incredible how your personal experience can, I'm sure, help how you are working with these other mothers and these other families that are going through this. And I think part of that is, is adoption as well and helping families. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about just what families go through and maybe a little bit about what your family went through. You know, a little bit of backstory. So adoption is tough. Um, and I will say that from the adoptive parent perspective, it's, um, you know, it can be exhausting. It can be a very long process. It can also be a very painful process. We had um, two what's called failed matches where the, in one case, the mother, we were matched with the baby, but the mother decided to parent, which is great and wonderful. And I still, you know, I still follow that mother and baby um, on social media and it's wonderful to see, but it was incredibly painful. 
in the moment, especially given my past pregnancy losses, it was pretty triggering in terms of that. Um, and then another situation where the mother just, just kind of disappeared. Um, and so, you know, those types of experiences can be really hard <laughs> when you're going through the process because you get all your hopes up and you start getting a nursery ready and you're planning for the birth of this baby um, and then it doesn't happen. And so that's something that happened to us twice and was very, very difficult to go through. But then ultimately, you know, we got our son and I can't imagine things happening any other way. But one of the things that was really eye-opening was seeing his mother, his birth mother, um, the lack of support that she had. Yes, she was working with an agency. Yes, there were social workers, but she didn't have anyone there specially trained in pregnancy and childbirth to help her with that process. That was super um, eye-opening to me to think, oh my goodness, this mother is going through such a vulnerable, such a difficult time, and she doesn't have someone in her corner like that. Another thing that happened in our in our experience was we learned that many, many expectant mothers who are considering adoption end up having planned inductions or C-sections, not because they're medically necessary, but for the convenience of the adoptive family, which is, um, you know, these things carry risks. <laughs> it's not, it's not the ideal way to give birth if you can avoid it. And so, um, you know, that really influenced my training and my doula work and what I really like to focus on is working with those expectant mothers who are considering placing a baby for adoption. But in terms of working with hopeful adoptive families, again, it's a lot of that logistical and emotional support through the process because it is overwhelming. There's a lot of heartbreak. It's incredibly expensive. And so, you know, my role is to help them through that from, from a doula perspective. So I might give them childbirth education that is specific to an adoption situation? How can they support the birth mom in labor if she wants them to, for example? So, you know, all of my experiences really directly, um, I think kind of relate and inform my work as a doula with adoptive families and with birth families. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I think that there is such a need there for education, support, guidance through the medical process, because, you know, you go to your doctor, but there's a lot of time when you're not at the doctor. Um, so I think it's just so amazing um, what you provide. And so I'm wondering though, you can't work with every single mother out there. And I think there's a lot of mothers who, who really want some information. So how do you advise people? I mean, what is your tip for where to look, where to turn for either finding a doula of your own, um, either locally or virtually, or finding the information and support that a mother might need in whatever circumstance she's in. Of course, everyone's going to have their own situation. Right. So there's actually a lot of really good resources out there and it depends on the situation. So if you are someone who's experiencing a normal kind of typical pregnancy and birth experience, um, there's actually a website called Doula Match, um, which lists doulas all across the country. And you just type in where you live and you can find a whole list of doulas and their specialties and their price ranges and all of those types of things. So that's a great um, resource for folks. Um, if you are someone who is maybe experiencing one of the more specialized services, like what I provide, um, so for example, pregnancy loss, if you're, you know, having a miscarriage or experiencing a stillbirth, or you have experienced loss before and you're navigating a new pregnancy or the adoption situations that I mentioned before, um, 
that's a little bit different, but there is an organization called Stillbirth Day, and that's the organization that I am actually trained and certified through. And those doulas are all specially trained in grief and bereavement. Okay. So when, when people say doula, I think maybe a misconception potentially is that uh, it's not a one size fits all. One doula is always going to be right for this family. It's really like the website says, it's a matching system. Is that how you would advise it? So find the doula that's right for your family. That's very true. And it also um, depends a lot on kind of where you are in the process. If you're just looking for some postpartum support, there are doulas who are just postpartum doulas. Mm. So they work with you after you've given birth, um, supporting you in that kind of fourth trimester period. And then there are other doulas who specialize more in the birth side of things. Um, But there's also a lot of different um, philosophies in the doula world. I myself, the fact that I come from a science background, you know, I tend to be a little bit more evidence-based. If there's not great evidence to support a practice, I don't necessarily endorse it. Um, Whereas a lot of other doulas are more holistic in that way. And so it really just depends on what is your, what's your personality? What are, you know, what do you want out of the experience? Okay. So much good info there. And I'm wondering kind of back to you and your story, I'm wondering after, you know, this is fairly recent, but after the experience that you've had now working in this totally different environment and totally different space, just reflecting back, I mean, are you seeing that it all makes sense now? And this is truly like your calling and what you were uh, meant to do? Or how have you realized and what have you learned through the process of, of the pivot and becoming a mother and all of these changes through really a crazy time in the world too? <laughs> yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, it's interesting because I don't necessarily know, was this the thing I was meant to do? I felt very strongly and very passionate about my former career and I still do. Um, but I feel very strongly and very passionate about this. And so I think for me, it's more that it makes me grateful for the life experiences that I've had, especially in such a short period of time, um, that I was able to find this thing that is so impactful and meaningful for me. I feel really good about it. And I really encourage um, other mothers who are nervous and scared about stepping away from something that they love to focus on their family to realize that you can use your life experience in different ways and you can find, you know, different things that you're passionate about. It might take some time to figure that out. It might take some time to get the training to do it, but that's okay. It's a scary thing, but it really can work out for the best. And it has for me. I love that message so much. I think it's something that a lot of women probably need to hear, including myself. I probably could have used hearing (laughs) that a while back as well. I'm wondering what the, this experience, has taught you the experience of becoming a mother and, and adapting to so many changes? You know, it's taught me a lot. It's taught me resilience. It's taught me that I'm stronger than I knew. Um, It's taught me that my identity doesn't have to be wrapped up in one thing, um, which for so long it really was. I was really hyper-focused and so I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to be maybe more well-rounded <laughs> now, but it's also given me a lot better appreciation for my own mother and other mothers and what they go through. I think if I'm being totally honest, there was a part of me, you know, as a career woman, you know, quotes, <laughs> um, that 
maybe didn't really get the the stay-at-home mom thing before. And now I really, really do. And I respect it. It's the hardest job I've ever done. (laughs) I know that a lot of people say that, but until you're in it, especially with, you know, as I said, virtual twins, these two, you know, two kids nine months apart, it's just a really eye-opening experience. And I've learned so much about myself through all of it. There's a ton that you learn from, (laughs) from becoming a mother, but a lot of it is how strong you are. Yeah. Beautifully said. I just love that so much. And, and I really want to recognize the fact that, you know, you have two little kids, little babies who are nine months apart. And I'm wondering if you have any tips or things to share about that experience that is unique, but I'm sure it is incredibly challenging. I mean, I can't imagine double the diapers, double the sleep regressions and everything like that. So any tips from what you've learned from that? And I know I'm sure every day is a learning experience for you still because they're, (laughs) they're young still. (laughs) It is, it is. Yeah. So they're two and one now. Um, And it is, you know, it's interesting because my husband and I often talk like, would it be more difficult to have actual twins or, (laughs) you know, or is this more difficult because they're in different developmental stages? And I would say it's probably all hard. So for anyone who has multiples, oof, I have so much respect for you now. Um, (laughs) But I think some things that I've learned is just how quickly things change with, with them when they're this young and how anytime you're in a moment where you're like, this is just so hard. I feel like I can't do this anymore. If you blink, they're past that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because I've been able to see them enter those stages. So they're so close together, right? One moves past something, the other one moves into it a few months later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I'm in a kind of a unique position to see how quickly they do develop and grow and things get easier day by day. Um, not that it's easy, but whenever I find myself in a really hard situation, like one of them is teething, one of them is going through a sleep progression, I am able to kind of remind myself, this is temporary it's a few days, it's a few weeks, um, you know, we'll be on to something else next week. So I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind as, as a new mom. <laughs> for anyone. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's like they sleep through the night, enjoy it. Cause it might change or if it's terrible, it's temporary as well. So great exactly. advice. I feel like we could go deeper on so many different things that we've talked about, but um, maybe we'll have to have you back on another time. But I wanted to get to some f- more fun stuff here at the end. I would love to know some of your best and worst advice that you've heard? I know a lot of moms, it's been so hilarious. A lot of moms get really terrible advice. So I'm wondering if you could share. What have you heard? Yes, so much so. Um, You know, I think, especially as a mom of these, you know, virtual twins, I've gotten a lot of advice from folks about, um, about twins or, or taking care of multiples. Some of the really funny advice has been around things like jealousy or how our children will interact with each other. And it's like, oh, make sure you always buy two of something. Oh my goodness. No, now our house is full of so many toys because we have two of everything and yet they still fight over the one item right it's never like oh there's two of them you're both okay you can have each one they're like no whatever one my brother has that's the one I want so (laughs) I would say that advice has just led to a cluttered house and still angry children so I'm not sure that that's (laughs) 
<laughs> worked out the best. Another piece of advice I, I got. So before my mother passed away, she gave me a huge list of names not to use for my children. So <laughs> she was an elementary school teacher and had you know, saw children all throughout the years and was convinced that certain names would just lead to kids who were more defiant or more difficult or something. And so I had this huge list of names that I could not give to my children. Wow. <laughs> In retrospect, now I'm like, no, that's really not how it works. I should not have, you know, been been relegated to just a few options because of that. So that's all kinds hilarious. of all kinds of crazy things. Oh my gosh. That's that's great. Well, it's a, it's a good story now to, to pass along from your mom. Yes, for sure. Um, well, at, you are you have a lot on your hands. So I want to know, <laughs> how do you unwind? How do you, if you get free time, if that exists, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So especially um, after I had my, my second son, I would say it was exhausting and difficult. And there was so much going on um, that I really, I really learned how to take care of myself at the end of the day, how to decompress. Um, and I still do that. And I think the thing that helps the most is guided meditations, breathing exercises. Um, I love apps like the Calm app or other other things like that that provide those kind of guided meditations and just really help to bring my anxiety down. Um, because at the end of the day, and I know you know this too, you know, you just you just want to be alone. <laughs> you just want to not have anyone needing you or talking mm -hmm. to you or, and so being able to just kind of center myself and um, and really focus inward and reflect on the day and just let it all go, I think has been the biggest help for me and allows me to be a better parent the next day. That's great. I love that. I need to get better at meditation. It's, it's really hard. It is hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, okay. So my last question comes from the previous guest. And the question is, what are you doing today to better yourself or take care of yourself? Um, I would say one thing that I'm doing is giving myself the time to focus on both my children and myself. I think for so long, I was just focused on my children. Of course, I had two very young children that were very, very demanding. They're very demanding when they're that age and still are. Um, but I think I have allowed myself more of that time um, to be able to build myself back up as a, as a person. And so taking, you know, a few hours out of the day to have someone else come and watch my kids or ship them off to the grandparents um, and be able to really um, focus on myself, whatever that means. Sometimes it means taking a nap. Sometimes it means working on my business. You know, other times it might mean, you know, just sitting and doing nothing and watching Netflix. Um, I think that that has been the biggest help for my mental health and for my, and again, helps me to be a better parent in those moments. Okay, perfect. Well, this was such an incredible conversation. I want to just leave the listeners with how they can find you because I know you offer virtual services and you post great stuff on your Instagram and website. So go ahead and share how people can get in touch. So my um, doula services are called love above. So you can find my Instagram at love above underscore doula. My website is just www.loveabovedoula.com. And then if you want to reach out to me at email, it's the same thing. So it's love above doula at gmail.com.
Perfect. All right. Well, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.